Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Podcast. Today's guest is Ross Valentine, and Ross is currently the first team coach for Queen of the South FC, which plays in the Scottish Championship, as well as the owner of Safe Hands Goalkeeping, which is just a goalkeeping academy in Scotland where he trains you know, some of the best youth in the area. So, Ross, thanks for coming on, man. I, I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on, Jesse. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, you know, Ross, the, the first question I do like to ask all my guests is, you know, when when did you decide that coaching was going to be a career for you? And, you know, what was your what was your first start in, in coaching? Oh, God. Um, something I always wanted to do when I was about 16. Uh, I wanted to, you know, get involved in coaching. It didn't work out that way. Uh, I left football probably for about eight years. Uh, just due to, I, I took an apprenticeship on and went into the real world, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and around about the age of 24, I started uh, playing football again at Lerner Side with my friends. We made a, an amateur team. And then just from that, I started getting a love back of uh, coaching and being on the field. And I started to put together how I can bring safe hands uh, to life. Uh, it took about three, four years just doing uh, some one-day camps, two-day camps, going and watching other coaches and going into other clubs and and working and then doing one or two one-to-ones. And then on February 2009, I brought fans to the uh, academy. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's funny. I, after talking to a handful of coaches, you know, every coach has that period of time where they where they step out of the game for a little bit and then realize, you know, the the other world the the working world world isn't for for everyone and you know they they end up following their passion and, and getting back in so um you know it's funny that that you kind of had that little epiphany as well after being out of the game for a little bit yeah so yeah I think I think uh, just with that you know like when I started safe hands up I started that up as a hobby you know it wasn't I didn't mm-hmm. see it as a career uh, I had a good job uh, in construction and. It was probably around about 2015, I think it was. I decided to go full-time. So it was like yeah, a right. year building up to it, you know, and it was a hobby, and then gradually it got more of a passion. Right, right, right. I love that. I love that. So, you know, as you're, as you're going to – as you're starting Safe Hands, what – you know, what were some of the things that you learned in in your first couple of years to to where you are now? Because if I'm not mistaken, it's been what a little over ten years since since you've officially started. So you know, from year one to to, to where you are now, what are what are some of the things you learned about working with goalkeepers and just uh, just running your own business in in general as well? I think if I look at 2009 version of myself to now, uh, the big thing is don't be a super coach. It's not about how many drills you can do in a 60-minute, 90-minute period. It's about the quality of them and how you can then get the best out of the goalkeeper via progressions. Uh, on the goalkeeping side, you know, probably, to, again, being a super coach, try to overcoach rather than making it simple, giving simple commands, buzzwords, and talking them through it rather than going and, like I say, overcoach it and and make it more of a teaching session rather than an enjoyable session. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided about two years ago, I think it was, I came up with an anagram called REF, uh, and I use this for all my sessions, regardless if it's TOTS or it's professionals. And it's just simple. It's just relevant, engaging, and fun. 
if it's mm. not fun, the other two don't matter. You know, and they need to be engaged right. and be relevant to the practice as well. Yeah, no, I love that. And and that's something that I've started to incorporate in my sessions as well, is just, you know, just trying to start start off a session with a fun little game just to get the kids a little bit engaged. Because, you know, I, I think back to so whenever if I'm coaching like a, a big group of younger kids, you know, I always like to start off a game with like tag or like, you know, tunnel tag, something like that, you know, just to, you know, bring out that inner kid and get him smiling and, and enjoying themselves before we, you know, before we start to dive into to the nitty gritty. And so, you know, I, I do love that, especially the fun part, you know, we, we got to make it fun for these kids because goalkeeping is just, it's a lot of, a lot of little details. So, you you know, if it, if you're not making it fun, they're just going to find it boring. Yeah, well, a hundred percent. And, you know, just as you're saying there, like tag and stuff, you know, I remember when, when I was a kid, I hated doing warm-ups. It was boring. Right. Go your runs, do your dynamics. If you're playing a game like tag, they're, they're all they're getting the dynamic movements, they're getting warmed up, they're having right. fun, and they're ready to go. Right, right. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, even even when I was playing at the college level, you know, if we if we ever came out and just you know our coaches just said how to play a fun game that brought us back to something that we play in elementary school, you know, it was just um it was just a great it was just a great environment, you know, it, it builds team camaraderie, I believe, as well. So it's always fun like that. But so, so as we're moving up, you know, as as time starts to go by and you start to start to get these goalkeeping coaching jobs within these academies, you know, what are what are some of the things that about yourself that help you relate to the coaches, the head coaches of these academies? And, you know, how important is is being on the same page as as your head coach when developing goalkeepers? Oh, I think I think it's massive because ultimately it's going to be their call if they're playing or not. We we need to get the goalkeepers ready for for the head coach. Um, if the head coach doesn't like the goalkeeper, and it's up to your it's up to you to sort of change his mind if that's the case. But it's all it's, you know the profile of the goalkeeper has to suit the manager's profile, the team's profile. There's no point having a goalkeeper, for instance, who can't uh, build up play from the back if that's the team style. And just the, the same, you can't have a goalkeeper who can build up play from the back but can't go long if the team still has to go into the final third as quickly as they possibly can. So, you know, between the head coach and, your, and myself, or a goalkeeping coach, I think it's important to work out what is your ideal goalkeeper for your, for your team structure. Mm, love that, love that. Yeah, just making sure everybody's on the same page. Um so as you're working with these in these academies with these goalkeepers, you know what are some of the ways that you get these goalkeepers to enjoy your style and to buy into your style? Um, maybe if you're coming in as a new coach or somebody who's been there for a little bit, you know what are some ways that you start to develop these relationships with with these young young athletes? I think the biggest thing is they need to trust you. They need to trust. They need to trust the information you're giving them. Then uh, your sessions, like I say, they have to be relevant. They have to be engaging. They have to be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, your sessions has to replicate the game because ultimately the game's the biggest teacher, and that's what they're training for. They're training for these goalkeepers to then go and play in the game and excel in the game. So it's no point doing practices, especially in, in the, the second third and the final third of the uh, session, if it's not related to the game. So yeah, trying to make it as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, talking a lot about building trust with the goalkeepers. You know what? Again, 
you know, how, how do you build trust? And, you know, how, like, when do you feel that that trust has been earned from one of your goalkeepers with you? I think when they, when they come and start opening up to you, you, you then become and have a relationship. They'll tell you stuff. They'll ask for advice. They're not shy around you. They'll have a they'll have a wee bit of banter with you, having a laugh with you, mm-hmm. rather than just being reserved and being quiet. So probably when they come out of the shell and they're not as shy. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's a good point, and I think we see it a lot at the younger age. You know, a lot of the kids are are shy at first, and then you know you start working with them, crack a couple of jokes, and they start laughing, and you know. Then, then them trying to meg you starts, and you know I think slow little things like that slowly start to build that that rapport and that relationship with the kids. So, um, yeah, you know it is great to see see those kids hop out of their shell a little bit to yeah. to start. And I was just about to say that, just as you said it, you know that's probably one of the ones that really annoys me now. But with the kids, you could be standing in and just put it through your legs, but again, right. that's banter. You know, right, they, right. they're not meg you. You know, uh, they wouldn't do that if they didn't have confidence um, within the group or have confidence in a friendship as such or a mentorship. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And um, So, yeah, so working with coaches, now, and, and this is something that I'm very curious in, and, we, you know, we just touched on it a little bit, but, you know, as, as you're working in coaches, have you ever had experiences where you and the head coach haven't gone along about a certain goalkeeper? Like you see one thing because you're with them in training, goalkeeping – or the head coach sees something different and you know um has there ever been a time where you where you know where you have to kind of put your sell sell the head coach on a kid and you know does it create awkward conversations and awkward awkward times off the field uh there's been several times that's happened uh, if i'm honest um especially at a professional level i think the biggest the biggest factor in it is if you believe in something if you believe in that goalkeeper, you need to back him or back her. If you know, rather than just being a yes man to a coach. So if the coach says, I'm going to drop him, he's X, Y, and Z. You know, as long as you've got information, you've got data, you've got video footage, whatever it may be, to so then go back to the head coach and say, no, no, this is you're wrong. This is why you should still play or why she should still play. Uh, and one of the things that I've learned over the years is. And especially in my time at Livingston, the manager at Livingston uh, would come and say, Ross, what, what's, what's he done for a goal there? And I'd just go quiet because I could give the wrong information and say I sh- he should have saved that or or it wasn't at fault or it was X and Y again. But because there's no video footage, I could be giving that the wrong information if, I, if I'm not 100% sure of my answer. So right. I always, if I'm not 100% sure, I always keep quiet because coaches will use that against you. You know, at half time, you should have done better. Your goalie coach told you you should have done better. But once you then watch the, f- the footage back, in this circumstance I'm talking about, we watch the footage back and the bus coming back, and the manager says, Yeah, you were, you were right not to say anything. You had no chance for that. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, That's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And I've had other ones, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drop them uh, for. For one reason or the other, and you know, I need to. If I believe that that's the wrong decision, I need to fight the goalkeeper's corner. But right. when you've got, you, you need to also remember you've got a goalkeeping team, so you've also got a number two and potentially a number three. So you can't show favoritism to one. It needs to be a favoritism in the group. 
And if mm-hmm. you feel that one number two is doing better than number one, then you've also got that call to go to the manager and say, I think it's maybe time to take the number one out and put the number two in. Right, right. Very interesting. Very interesting. Definitely mm-hmm. a, an interesting dichotomy to, to being a goalkeeping coach. But um, so uh, you've coached a, a high level of goalkeeper and you know a lot of a lot of your goalkeepers have gone on to play at some very high levels and what is it about those goalkeepers you know what what are those some of those intangibles that they have that you know you can't really teach per se and about and you know what kind of gets them to to the next level well other 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 than the amazing coaching that is (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for me the the winners the winners and everything they do you know, mm-hmm. you've got a winning mentality. Uh, they make good decisions. Uh, yeah. They've got a, um, they've got a, a great mindset and, uh, and a confidence to do well. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got belief in themselves. You know, and, and they work so, so hard. They work harder than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And, and that's what I'm starting to hear more from these coaches. You know, when, whenever I ask other coaches too about what makes a great coach and what makes a great player, it's that that being having that winning mentality. You know, it's it, it's just something that you can't really teach. And you know, it, it, I think it starts in training as well. Um, you know, a lot of times I get goalkeepers who don't who who kind of like don't really care if they make a mistake. And you know, we always want goalkeepers to to shut off a mistake, but you know, at least be pissed that you know you're not getting it right and you know be determined to to fix it but you know that's just that winning mentality you know being able to to be the best goalkeeper in training during the game and, and so on and so forth and you know I, I love that mentality in a goalkeeper as well yeah. I've, I always say to regardless of again whatever kind of age a goalkeeper I'm working with and I always ask them who's your biggest fan so if I, you know and they'll go my mum my dad my girlfriend my wife my son my daughter no, really your second, third or fourth biggest fan, your biggest fan has to be yourself. Because if you don't right. believe in yourself, then no one else is going to believe in you. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah it, you know, it, it that could come off as a little bit selfish, but I, I don't think so. You know, I don't think that comes off because, you know, again, it's just, you you get those super fans for the people, you know, for all those certain players, so like the Messi-Ronaldo, you know, you, you you hear those fans will do anything to say Messi's better than Ronaldo or Ronaldo's better than Messi. And, you know, that's, that's you know I love that you said that because that's how you need to be with yourself right like you need to be like no I'm the I'm the best goalkeeper like here's why let me show you right so um that's an important point you you mentioned so I I, re- I really like that so as you're as you're taking taking the lead with these um academy teams and these teams and you know just these different goalkeepers when you first work with them you know what what are some of the foundational? So we just talked about what gets them to the high level from intangibles, but now from, from a technical standpoint, what are some of the, you know, foundational aspects of goalkeeping that, that you think every goalkeeper playing in the Scottish championship or, you know, premier league, Scottish premier league should, should, can, should possess as a goalkeeper. Do, do the basics better. Basics. Yeah. The best, it doesn't matter if it's Scottish premier league, Scottish championship, um, Manuel Neuer and Navas at uh, the weekend in the Champions League final, they do the basic. They, they do the basics better. You know, mm-hmm. the basics for me is uh, the fundamentals of any any top good goalkeeper, whatever it may be. If you can do them better, 
um, or do them the best, then you'll, 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 everything else will come together. So, right. for, you know, do the basics better, um, and, and decision making. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Decision making is always, always going to be the, just a very important part of it. So when you're with working with different teams, you know, what, from a coaching perspective, what do you think it is that makes these, that makes some of your teams so successful? You know, let, let, let's look at the bigger picture now. You know, what, what is it about certain teams that you have won championships with that you've, um, you know, that you've been promoted with? You know, what was it about those teams that, that made them so successful? Again, good grounding, good, good fundamentals. So the, the best teams, I, the best teams always have the best, the best defense. You know, they concede the less goals. Regardless where you are in the world, they'll concede the less goals and they'll score the less goals. That's what wins your leagues. Uh, I've always said that strikers will win your games, goalkeepers will win your leagues. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I get shut down a wee bit for it, uh, because obviously, you know, a striker's job is to right. score and a goalkeeper's job is obviously to, to stop goals getting, but at the start of each game, you know, it's zero zero. So right. a goalkeeper has to keep the score either at zero or better than, uh, sorry, less than what the attacking team, uh, what the, his own team would be. Mm-hmm. So again, I'll go, I'm maybe going for you that subject. If you look at Liverpool, Liverpool's attacking play was unbelievable. Right. But they were conceding goals. They brought in Van Dyke, they brought in Allison, they won the Champions League, they won the league. Right. That's no that's no, uh, no coincidence. If you look at Ma- the good Man United teams over the years, they had Smeichel, they struggled mm-hmm. to win leagues so they got Van der Saren. You know, um it's the goalkeepers are such a crucial part then and the and the, the, the the relationship between them and the centre backs is the, for me is the most important part of a team makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, so speaking of that, what are some ways that a goalkeeper can start to build that relationship and build trust from center backs? Because you know, I've I've been on teams where I've seen you know even even just recently I was talking to talking to a couple of players. You know, they're they're about to enter college and and I'm asking them why don't, why don't they play play back to the goalkeeper and they're just like goalkeeper can't play with his feet. You know, they they get a little worried. And they get nervous, and then they start to get on the goalkeeper because he's always making these mistakes. So, you know, what what are some ways, aside from you know being good technically, what are some ways that a goalkeeper can build that trust with with his center backs and with his backs? Practice, practice, practice. Repetition is such a key. You know, you, you, again, I go back to it, and needs to needs to look. Uh, your training, or coaching has to represent the game, has to replicate that. So, you may be working. And with a goalkeeping team, you are then painting the pictures for that, like building up for building up play. But then there has to be a time, there has to be an integration with the goalkeeper mm-hmm. and the defenders and and the team in general. If you don't if you don't practice it, you can't play it. Right. Right. Yeah. You no, know, it makes so, it makes a lot. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it sounds almost and, too easy, but. <laughs> yeah. No, it takes it takes time. It takes work. I'll give you. Um, an example, when Brendan Rodgers came to Celtic, he had Craig Gordon, and Craig Gordon wasn't renewed, or renowned, sorry, um, to, to build up play the way that Brendan Rodgers wanted the game played. 
And credit to Craigie and Stevie Woods, the goalkeeping coach, they worked on it, but they also worked on it within the team. And Brendan says to Craigie, don't worry about defenders. Pass it to them. They're good players. They need to be, they're able to take the ball under pressure. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, they get pressed, the ball can go back to you, and a different right. picture opens up. Right, right. So, that's when it's crucial if you're working within a goalkeeping team, also to do support play. Absolutely. You need, right. you need to know, once the ball's played, what's your, what's your next movement? Where do you go to relation to the ball? Can you then become available again to receive the ball if that picture changes or you've got pressure and then you can hit somewhere else? Right. No. And again, that comes, that comes with working, working, you know, and I think it's crucial that you also exploit space. So if you're doing that, you know, space will come somewhere. You know, right. if you're getting pressed, there'll be space somewhere. To, right. To hit. right. No, 100%. 100% agree. Um, all right, so Ross, you know, I do like to end these podcasts with a little bit uh, with the same question every time, and and that is, as you move from club to club, or as you work with these different goalkeepers, get them going to a new level. You know, what what is it? What is maybe one, maybe two things that you want these goalkeepers or these coaches or anybody that you work with to have said about you as a person and as a coach? God, <laughs> uh, question. I think, yeah, I think, I think the biggest one is, uh, God, I was, I was fair, I was fair with them. I gave them a chance, mm-hmm. uh, and if I helped them one percent, then I did my job. Right, love that. Yep, just, just try to give them something to leave them with one little tidbit that they could take forever. Right. Yeah, yeah, because you know they, they will be on a journey. They will work with other coaches. Um, I'm quite fortunate. Every goalkeeper I've worked with, again in a professional level, I keep in touch with, and you know, I and I know I'm always there if you need any advice from me. Mm-hmm. As well, right. love that. I love that. Well, Ross, I appreciate you taking the time. This was awesome. Short one, but it t- you know there's a ton of information to be taken from this. So thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Jesse. Thank you very much. So.